0: going to something where people are telling you hey look if you want to do this you're probably not going to make any money for the first whatever six months 12 months you're probably gonna to have to spend all your money you've got to throw it in there and have the faith that this is going to be awesome and it's going to work and it's going to be great in the long run you're like you've got to have like an appetite for risk if you want to do a practice in the long run if you planned it well if you've done everything right then there's a good chance that the risk is fairly low you'll have a pretty solid practice there's a lot to do and to get there and a lot of sacrifice to get to that point
1: So on this second part of my interview with Dr. Matt Hedge, we talk about how maintaining a healthy work-life balance is essential for long-term success and well-being, prioritizing self-care such as exercise and personal time, and helps prevent burnout and improves overall productivity. We also talk about how Dr. Matt Hedge has discussed the importance of focusing on things you enjoy and delegating tasks to others who love them. Was we'll to talk about the importance of ongoing learning and improvement in his aesthetic dentistry skills. So have a listen. CPD Junkie Dental Podcast is about connecting with passionate Australian dentists who are improving themselves and have attended various CPD courses. My aim is to find out for you the best CPD courses around and what they did to help get them to where they are today. So you can consider doing it and becoming the best dentist. So let's talk about that. What are some of the biggest challenges you faced when opening up your practice and how did you overcome it?
0: Mm. Oh man, I guess like early on is the, the that risk of that fear of the unknown, because it's you're going from something that's so safe, you're used to having X income um, that you know is going to be there all the time, and you're going to something where people are telling you, hey, look, if you want to do this, you're probably not going to make any money for the first. Whatever, six months, twelve months, who knows? Whatever, you're probably gonna to have to spend all your money, and you've got to throw it in there and have the faith that, you know, this is going to be awesome and it's going to work and it's going to be great in the long run. You know, the so I guess that the, that risk, you're like you've got to have like an appetite for risk. I think if you want to do do a practice, and I think, you know in the long run if you planned it well if you've done everything right then there's a good chance that the the risk is fairly low that you you know you'll have a pretty you know solid practice but there's a long there's a lot to do and to get there and a lot to sacrifice to get to that point so yeah i think um money is is big obviously for a lot of people and you've got to go from something that you know for most people starting a practice you've been working for many years for other people. So you've, you've built up, you know, money. You're used to having whatever you want or the nice things or being able to, you know, fly business class or whatever you want to do. And then you're like, Hey, you probably should be eating chicken and rice right now. (laughs) Like I spent all my money on this practice. Like I initially came into it going sweet. You know, the bank will, for everything i'll have this big loan but it's cool i'll keep my cash and spend all my money like that i'd saved for years on and i have very little money right now like to be honest i've just thrown all my money into this and so that's a big risk for a lot of people probably aren't comfortable to do and as a single man like it's you know i can do that but if you've got a family and kids maybe it's, maybe it's a scary thing for you to not be able to have this nice income to do that. Um, and are you willing to sacrifice, is your family willing to sacrifice for the long-term gain of having something that could be really, you know, excellent for your career, financially beneficial and whatnot? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, so, okay. So basically if I'm, um, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but I'm hearing basically there's a lot of planning involved, right. <laughs> and there's a lot of lead time. You got to start saving up for it. Um, you know, to determine, cause it may not be, as you mentioned, the bank's not going to finance all of it. And you're going to have to put additional money out of your own money into it, um, to, to get the job, um, or the the goal that you want, um, achieved. Mm. Yep. How do you go about building your team? You mentioned culture a little bit there. So how do you go about building your team and what kind of qualities do you look for when you hire a kind of new people?
0: Yeah, and oh man, that's a great question because I think it is probably one of the make or breaks of clinic. If you have a great team who are supportive, who work well together and they're great, you are blessed and you, you're going to have a much smoother time. I think if you don't have the supportive staff, uh, it's really really hard um I've been I was I'm really 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 lucky with the 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 team that have come on board with me at Helix because like more, my nurse who I've worked with for years um she's she's come you know she's come on board with me and she's She's working, um, she's like practice manager for all things clinical. So she's a clinical practice manager. And um, Sage, who I worked with at Oasis years ago, funnily enough, I did his Invisalign, and he was applying for jobs. And I see he had resumes. I was like, dude, do you want a job? And he's like, yeah. It's like, all right, cool. So <laughs> he started, then got him a job at Oasis. And he worked there for whatever period of time. But he left and then... Um, then he approached me and said, hey, I want a managerial role. And I said, oh, this is awkward. I've already given it to Gabby. But what if I split the role and you do your admin practice manager and she's clinical practice manager? And it was the best thing I ever did. A lot of people would say, oh, you can't do that. You can't afford to pay two people this wage and da, da, da. I can't afford to not pay those people that wage. Like they are, they do so much for me and he takes all of the HR, he does payroll, he d- does all the reconciliation and invoices and health fund things that to be honest, I don't know very much about, I don't love that stuff. And she runs all things clinical. So she r- makes sure like, you know, anything to do with, you know, infection control, steries, staff, you know, um, equipment, materials, ordering, all of that. So she just manages that he manages their part and so the split has been excellent and um, had another couple of people just reach out because they saw you know what i was doing and say hey look we're looking for work and so and they've been really great so the team is really really good really
1: good yeah because a lot of uh, we've had people come on in the past but they've talked about oh they actually considered doing an mba just so they could kind of understand the finance side of things um before mm-hmm. kind of opening up their own practice but yeah. you know
0: it's it's really really there's a lot to it and I, i've said this to a number of people who've reached out to me and said hey look i've seen you just go to your practice like where do i start and that's it there is so much to it that you don't know because we're not majority of us are not businessmen we're not we don't have a bachelor of business or we don't even understand like how a business works or you know that sort of stuff I definitely don't But slash didn't um so I went and did um NOV's course and the practice ownership and buying course in Brisbane and that's my like 100% if you're considering it you have to do the course there's no option you have to do it um That and that's I've got no I get no kickbacks from that. It's just purely because I went to it. And if I didn't do that, the amount of things that would I would have done wrong, or you know things that would have cost me, the course pays for itself like a billion times over. Like I got my contacts from that. I got my lawyers from that. I got my accountants from that course, plus numerous other contacts for finance and things like that as well, just from meeting people at that course and going through and kind of understanding some of the concepts of, you know, of, of you know, money in and out from for a business and staffing things. And so for whatever it is, a day or two days or something, it's, it's, yeah, an essential one, I think.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, because I guess to your point, uh, when I've talked to other people in the past as well, they've also talked about how you know, you could, you could do it. You're at your own pace. Like you could spend the time yourself to go and learn all this stuff, but if you're trying to move at a quick pace, do you, you know, spend the 10 years it takes to kind of get there or do you spend, you know, the three years and you borrow someone else's three years to kind of help build that picture up? Uh,
0: quicker? As, as, as Do you mean as far as learning, you know, what you need to do to run a business? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like about you know degrees and things. Like if you're going to do a business degree, like you, I'm sure you learn a lot of concepts, but you'd waste so much time.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You just waste so much time learning non-relevant things when there's such a specific niche industry in dentistry that you need to learn about. And I, I just don't think you can learn that just by googling stuff or by going to a generic thing. I think you need dental-specific people you know, and I'm pretty big on that, that like all of my team, as far as like accountants and lawyers and all the people are very dental specific. They've got a a lot of, you know, dental history and knowledge. So, you know, a a regular accountant just might not understand the, you know, the intricacies of how, you know, how different levels of trusts work for a dental practice or or something like that. And, you know, I think it's, you have to just take advice from the professionals And I was guided you know, I, I definitely took a big blind leap of faith to do the practice because I did it quick. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I think I did it very, you know, it moved very fast. You know, yeah, we got it going. But I was after doing Nov's course, I had the people that I needed who I was like, OK, if you trust these people and I trust you, I trust them. And they, you know, they're good sweet, let's do it. So I'd be like, what do you, what do I need to do? Tell me, you know, what my, what my next step is from here. And I I would follow, follow the leaders basically, you know, and this guidance of this team or network of, you know, lawyers, accountants, financial advisors, you know, people from banks, Nov himself um, and a lot of people that helped me out along the way, because it's an absolute yeah, you know, it's mind-boggling how much there yeah. is to do. it's, and you know you end up with this list, and you're like, this is astronomical. Like, how am I going to get through this? And and you do, but it's just it's a lot. And without those people to ask the questions, I don't know if I would have been able to do it. So
1: yeah, yeah. So I mean, in the you I mean, you're in your early days. Mm. And one of the hardest things is about marketing your practice and attracting new patients. Yeah, yeah. So do you have any tips on that? or yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's a it's a big topic that we could talk for so long on, um and something that I'm quite passionate about because to be honest, a lot of my a lot of my career, a lot of my work has come from you know social media, which, you know, it is is crazy because it's you know it's free except for your time you know your resource you're paying is time to do it but you know it's it's done heaps for me and I think the combination of you know having good word of mouth is you're never going to be able to replace that that's awesome and that needs to be there um, but you know showing people you know your practice and that you're proud of it and what you can do is just awesome and that comes back to taking photos if you don't take photos you got nothing to show people. And as soon as I started taking photos, then people were booking in saying, hey, I want that thing that I saw on your Instagram page. And the more you do that, the more you build it up. And so for, for us, like, you know, at the moment I'm running the Instagram page myself, which hurts my brain and I'm really trying to outsource it at the moment, but I'm also very like particular. So it's really hard to let go of, but, um, you know, posting those things, every every time I post, like you're getting rewarded for it. You always get someone who comes in and says, oh, I I saw that post, I want to do this. Or replies to a story and says, hey, I forgot to, I forgot to, I've been meaning to message you. I saw your story and I messaged you. It just always works. But it's always hard in the start because you've got a small, you know, audience. You, You don't have much to engage with and you feel like it's worthless, but it's a long game that you've just got to chip away at. So, but I think, that's where it comes to networking um, and being involved in your community uh, as well. Like, if you're someone who, you know, never goes and talks to anybody or goes to anything, doesn't do any social stuff ever, then you're going to find it a lot harder to get that word of mouth and get that social credibility um, when you don't have any kind of support or followers. But once you kind of build that up and you go out and you talk to people and you meet people, you might sponsor some events, you might help out at the local football club or volunteer your time for this. And people go, what do you do? And you go, I've got to practice down the road. And then next thing you've got this family and their kids and they'll refer somebody else. It just builds on top of each other. But I think a lot of that comes to down to being able to like connect with people and talk to people and, and build that up because you know social media is not gonna you're not gonna be have thousands of followers overnight you know you've got to build that up and it starts with the people in your immediate circle you know the friends your family your friends of friends your parents friends you know this there's this growing network that you, you need to build actively and you can't just sit back I think people go, on oh, Instagram doesn't work. I'm like, it doesn't work if you don't work for it. Like it's, you're not going to put a post up and just sit back and be like, all right, where's my money? Like, you know, you, you've got to, you know, be consistent and you've got to persevere and you've got to engage and you've got to talk to people. So I think it's, it's not easy to do and I think it's hard to, you know, it's hard to get into it. It needs a course on itself. It needs a <laughs> social media marketing course. Um, to, to, to go into to that, I think, um, because it, it's, a, it's a hard one to do because you've got to have, you know, you've got to have a lot of skill sets built up to that. Is your photography good? Is your actual treatment good? Are you like comfortable behind the camera? Are you comfortable taking asking patients, can I put your photos on my Instagram page? Is that okay with you? Um, you know, there's a lot of things that you've got to be able to, you know, tick off to get along uh, before you can just, you know, put it all up. So it's not easy.
1: Mm. So, I mean, so that that comes to the question, how do you balance work life? Sure.
0: <laughs> Not great at the moment. <laughs> no, actually, no, I, I, it's, it's much better than I thought it would be. I think my work-life balance is pretty good. And I've learned from burning out a couple of times um, throughout my career, you know, even in my, like, first year, just, you know, burnt myself right out. Um, but, yeah, I think now some of some of the things that like uh, I think for me like any kind of exercise is is like a no-brainer for me like I, whether it's for me it's mostly gym because of the flexibility um I love it anyway but the flexibility that I can go at eight o'clock at night or you know five o'clock in the morning there's no excuse it doesn't matter if the weather's good or bad you can go to the gym and you can do a session whether it be a little session or a big session you can do some kind of activity I think that mentally um it more than physically is like essential um or whether it just be like you know it doesn't have to be gym related it can be a social sport or it can be yoga or it could be boxing or it could be just going for a walk or a run but I think physical activity is if I didn't train I would definitely not feel as leveled as as, as I do so mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: I also kind of try and structure in times for nothing, for doing nothing Um, like my weekends I will try and like what are you doing tomorrow you know do you want to do this this and this and I'll say I'll say no because i have really I've you know booked in basically me to have time with me and just do nothing it might it's often for me like my me time is there's a little cafe across the road a little surf club at the beach and I go across there and I read my books because I like books so I'll go across and I'll sit there for like two hours and drink my coffee and read my book that's my me time and that's me turning off switching off from people and things and all stuff and just reading so I think it's 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 easy to be like I'm too busy I don't have time to to read books I don't have time to go to the gym but I think personally is that you you can't afford to not do that sort of stuff like you've got to book it in just like you would book in going to your doctor you've got to book it in like they say okay Wednesdays and Fridays I'm gonna go do yoga it's a non-negotiable I will be there I will do that regardless if I'm tired or if I had a shit day at work or whatever Uh, those things for me are like the non-negotiables that I think for a a long career if you want to be healthy mentally and physically it's just essential to do so and I don't think times times are a good excuse because if you you know if you work yourself out what good are you going to be if you're burnt out or you're less efficient because you're too tired um so i think anyone should try and it's easy to say when i don't have a family and kids because i know that that makes it difficult but even just to fit in a 30 minute something somewhere for someone would make a big difference or finding an activity that can involve the kids or you can take them, or go for a walk, or something like that. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of my my balance, yeah. Uh, as far as you know, how I keep things level, and
1: mm-hmm. I make just got to book it in, and no, don't make an excuse for it.
0: Appointment for yourself, yeah. It's, it's it's a it's something that I think a lot of people forget about, and then it takes you to burn out before you realize that, hey, crap, I actually haven't been taking care of myself and I've cut all these things that I enjoy doing out of my life because I'm too busy with work or I'm too tired. And I think we're all guilty of it. Like, you know, I'll be like, man, I couldn't be bothered to go like to this person's dinner. I'm just like so tired after a big day. I've had a crap day. Um, Sometimes you just got to like, you just got to make yourself go and you always have fun, so.
1: Yeah, so then what would you say you're, um ideal current like ideal week might look like.
0: Well, because it's a new practice. It's a little bit, it's a little bit different than normal, but it's surprisingly been really busy, which is which is wonderful. But a normal, a normal day in in general for me would probably be there'd usually be a couple of cosmetic or design consults in there. So I do spend a lot of my day talking <laughs> <laughs> because I liked it um i like chatting to people so it's cool um usually it'll be like you know there'll be like maybe like an invisalign fit a couple of new patients or existing patient cleans and things like that um because i still i don't have an OHT or a hygienist at this point so and i didn't add oasis either so i'm used to doing all my own cleans um going forward i'd like to put on an OHT f- for that but i'm fine with it for now um and Quite often, like quite I would say like probably like three three days out of five, I might be doing some form of cosmetic work as well in there. Like and they're usually big appointments. So they'll take up like half the day usually. Like if I'm doing a a bonding or a veneer preps or whatever, anything like that, that'll be like either a full morning or a full afternoon. So that takes up a good, you know, good chunk um, of the week there as well. Same with like Invisalign finishes, you know. Debanding everything, putting the wires on, doing all the polishing, doing a little bit of Invisalign, you know, post-Invisalign bonding, that sort of stuff. So they're usually bigger appointments. And that was what I was, you know, when I was at Oasis, when I was, you know, in a consistent, steady flow, that was what a, a normal week would look like. There'd be, you know, a number of bigger, longer appointments and some more scattered consults and checkups and cleans and new patients and things. A little bit of fillings. I've done... Two root canals in the past few years, and both of them (laughs) were in the past month at the new practice. (laughs) And that's probably it. I'll probably leave it at that. Um, so yeah, I really kind of niched down um in the past few years, you know, just did a little bit less of the other things and a little bit more of what I liked. And when i was at oasis i you know we had other people that were good at root canal like extractions and things so why not let them do the stuff that they love because i don't love that stuff and i'll do the stuff that they love so that you know we had a we had a good you know thing like that and so that's cool so that's what i'm like you know rebuilding back at helix now where i've got you know i've got guys that are going to come in for the wisdom teeth or you know surgery implants and things and um you know, going forward root canals and things like that. And so I can just focus on doing the stuff that I enjoy and that I'm good at because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, you can either be, you know, all right at a lot of things, but I, I just, I'd prefer to just do the stuff that I really focus on and that I enjoy. So stick to my, stick in my lane,
1: I think. <laughs> and I mean, um, I we're on this, what would you say success looks like for you yourself in the future? I think it
0: it it's different both for me and for the and for the business so I think personally for me like I'm always going to be chipping it away and improving you know for my aesthetic stuff like I, I don't think there'll ever be a point where I'll be content or like satisfied with like being like okay this is it I'm good now like I'm, I'm I can stop learning or I can stop trying to be better everything I do I still look at it and I'm like Oh, I could do this better. I could do that better. and So I think it'll be an ongoing, you know, an ongoing just refining skills with, with my aesthetic stuff. Um, you know, like c- ceramics, you know, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of skill involved in, you know, in preparing and stuff, but a lot of that skill comes back to your, your lab uh, and your technician as well. Whereas composite, there's no hiding. There's just no hiding. It's all you from start to finish you're hundred percent in control of the outcome. And that's why it's so hard. And also that's why I enjoy it uh, because you, you've got, you know, you've got to get hit every step yourself. And so I think that I've got so much that I can improve and learn in my, in my composites, um, you know, and to get them to, you know, a really, really excellent standard, you know. And, and so I'll just keep chipping away at that over the coming years, um, keep working on that, you know, improving more, uh, more knowledge and whatnot within Bizline. And as a business, I kind of want to, I kind of want to put a lot, a lot of training and effort into my, into my team. So like I, I want the associates to be like the superstars of the clinic. Like I, I don't really want the clinic to be about me. I don't want it to be like, Hey, this is Matt Hedge's clinic and his team. Like I want it to be, I want them to be the, you know, the superstars, and I, I I would love to just do my thing in the background and let watch them all grow and be excellent and be better than me. So, <laughs> I guess I don't have any fear of like my associates. You know, you hear of some people that like, you know, their their bosses are like, you know concerned that they'll outgrow them and da, 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 da. And but realistically I just want I, I love teaching and I love training people and I love seeing people grow because it's like you get to live vicariously through that and it's super fun to watch them like learn so I'm very excited to like grow this team of people who are like super skilled and super talented and just kicking goals um, and then I would love to you know, pull back and not do as much hands on, you know, it's still work a few days a week, but I would love to, you know, spend a lot of my time growing these, the team and the people and making the, the business work really well. So we'll just see. We'll see how it plays out over the coming years.
1: Yeah. I mean, didn't at one point you have like, a, you you're in bodybuilding at one point, weren't you? Yeah. 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 Weren't you thinking about going to like international at some point?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was like a an interesting like, point where I I did I did a few shows and then it was kind of like I'm just you know the goal was just to do a bodybuilding show and win a bodybuilding show that was that was the goal that was the plan and then I went I went in and I did it and I won and then they're like oh cool now you're on to the next level and I was like what there's a next level oh damn when's this next level what do I got to do and they're like oh it's in five months and I was like so I've got to do this all again. And I had to do it again. Well, I didn't have to, but, you know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm here now. I may as well like keep going. And so then I went in that and won that. And then, so that was pretty crazy. And then, so that took me to like the next level where I got like a, like a professional level and got like a pro card for it. And so then I had to compete again and it just kind of, yeah, it just kept going. So I, I got to the point like... Of doing that was it's like wow I've I've got to make a decision here I can't like balance doing both of these things at hundred percent I don't have two hundred percent to give and 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 yeah it, you know bodybuilding is fun and I love it and I love training but it's it's not my it's not my career and it's not my like what I want to do with my life so you know I did what I did and I was I loved it and it was really fun but at this stage I, I you know I'm not competing anymore. I'm, I'm still doing like a lot of training and I'm starting some programming next week, but it, it, with no like desire to jump back on stage anytime soon because I'm just <laughs> very focused on. On Helix at the moment and growing to practice and you know working on everything else. So
1: yeah, for our listeners, I mean you can't enjoy the luxury of seeing Dr. Matt bulging out of his shirts, but you know, <laughs> for our viewers <laughs> that are watching, yeah, you'll get to enjoy it all. um I mean, I, I love the fact that you're talking about this mentoring um, and building because you have did you do some sort of teaching and mentoring at boxings and girls boxing at some point?
0: Yeah, yeah, so. Um. yeah I've done a fair bit of like coaching and things I don't know I just do I, I just enjoy I, like I said I enjoy training I enjoy teaching people and so I when I moved to the Gold Coast then before that I was coaching football so even jun- during uni I was coaching um, junior rugby sides and then afterwards I've been coaching I helped coach a few um, rugby league sides and then um, then I was doing some helping out with some coaching of like a girl's like kind of like a girls empowerment boxing sort of thing for teenage girls to kind of like you know you know just improve their like self-value and discipline and and all that sort of stuff so that was really it was really cool so
1: yeah do you see a reoccurring theme here Uh, like of like when of the people that you're training i'm talking about like a lot of them might come in you know not where they want to be um but when you're trying to train them do you see that there might be pushback or stuff like that along the way and then it's just about reframing the mindset i don't know i'm just putting words in your mouth now
0: yeah, No, no, big time i think uh, like everyone who's being you know trained or coming to learn has got some kind of you know you know they, they've got something that they've got to kind of step overcome. over some like some hurdle to kind of to overcome to to get to their destination really and so always i mean you know when when it's like kids in in footballs, it's like you know, they've got all these attitudes and they've got what they, they want to do and what they want to think. And it's always like it's always a lot of fun trying to like trying to deal with, with their crazy personalities, which is good fun. But you know, and the girls come in with a lot of like, you know, the girls, some of them would come in with like self-esteem issues, or they've got like family problems, or they've got you know a combination of of different things going on, but I think when when you've got a goal like that whether it be you know boxing or whether it be you know like a, a career-based goal or a specific you know learning goal it's a really good like thing to give you some kind of direction and uh, and to kind of you know overcome personal stuff as well so I think having that direction and not like having that focus on on the negative or the the, the problems that have people uh, you know that makes a big difference for people just you know, driving forward and I don't think it matters what you kind of what you're learning or what you're you're doing as long as you're passionate about it and you enjoy it and then you know it makes a big difference
1: you know this I, I, this this passion to teach your enjoyment in, in in seeing other people grow do you think it stems <laughs> from somewhere because I can really hear the passion in your voice when you talk about it and when you talk yeah I don't
0: know I don't know I mean I guess I had some like I had some pretty great like mentors and things growing up from like a uh from as like a kid as far as like um even like martial arts and kickboxing and things like that that I did I had some like some really great um mentors that were really good instructors and really good um teachers in general um from there that I think I learned a lot about and a lot about like what it takes to achieve something anything whatever like your goal and so I think they instilled a lot of like hard work from an early age and not just assuming that like the world's going to give you (laughs) and give you what you want you've got to like go out and really drive for it and hustle so i think you know being if you if you're taught by great people it also helps to teach you to become a great teacher as well
1: right well i mean that's a great lead up to the next question which is do you have any wise words for the buddy young dentist. And you know, what do you think are some of the key skills and attributes that they should, you know, focus on developing?
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think as we were mentioning before, I think taking care of like your your physical and mental health is so important for like young new grads uh, and everyone really. But I think particularly when you come out of uni and you're like, I've got to commit all my time and energy into work and nothing else and people cut all that other stuff out and they, they you know, kind of, you know, they don't, they don't benefit themselves by, like, not looking after themselves and then burning out, then you're not your best for your patients. You're not going to learn well. You're not going to perform well. So I, I think, you know, as we went through before, I think that's huge. Take care of yourself. Um, I think invest in yourself early, um, which is probably something that I didn't do as much or early on in my career uh, because I think, you know, with finding good CPD, you know, if you can make a solid CPD plan, if you can have a structure to it and you're saying, okay, in this year, this is my budget for CPD. I'm going to do these courses and I'm going to prioritize them because this is the most important that I need right now. And going forward, you know, having that plan where you structure your, your training and you structure your budget for your training, I think makes a big difference because earlier on that you can, attain these skills the better your return on investment and I don't think there's a better return on investment that you can get than on your your education like on your cpd on your training like you can put money in stocks you can save up for a house but I don't think there's any that will be as good as having you know investing in yourself um, both from a financial standpoint but also from you know just an enjoyment standpoint and feeling good about yourself and your job and being happy uh, you know if you're a good dentist you're efficient you have minimal you know problems then your life's going to be much better so i think investing in yourself is probably one of the biggest ones uh, mm-hmm. networking i think it's really easy as a as a a dentist to like get like isolated and just be kind of you know keep to yourself and and whatnot. But I think, you know, every time you like you create a network or you meet a new person through dentistry or outside of dentistry, it opens up so many doors and so many avenues. And so many of my life opportunities have come just from random, random things, random friendships, random people I've met somewhere and they've come across a thing like I had Coffee yesterday with a with one of my childhood friends' brothers, and he's a PR agent. And I think it was last year or the year before. He was doing PR with extra sugar-free gum, and they were looking for a dentist to to work with. And he's like, "I know a guy." And you know, I'd met him a couple of times, and we'd chatted and stuff, but not like nothing too crazy. It was just that my other friend's friend that I'd met him. And so yeah, I got offered that gig straight away. And it was just a matter of just knowing the right people. So like, they're always like, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And it's, it's so true. Like the, the more people that you, that, you know, and the more people that you've made friends with, I think it just opens up a lot of opportunity, like long-term for, you know, whether as a person, as a dentist or as a business owner, um, you know, it makes a big difference. Um, I think the last, last point would be like we talk and we go through so much detail and so many specifics of things, but like I think sometimes we just forget to kind of enjoy the whole process, like step back a little bit and be like, hey, you know, this is our job, and we're doing so hard, like we're doing so much to like be the best at our job, but like don't forget to actually enjoy it because you know, through through the progress of a, you know. You can stress yourself out the whole way, but don't forget there's good parts of it, and it's like it can be really fun. It can be really rewarding, and we're really lucky to have have a job that is, you know, that is so good, and you know, allows us to live the lifestyles that we like, work the hours that we like, do the treatments that we like, and help people. So, I think stepping back sometimes and just being like, "Hey, this is pretty cool. Like, I've got a pretty cool job. I'm pretty lucky," and just being a little bit grateful for that, I think, is a something to keep in mind.
1: Hmm. And you know, when you're talking about the sugar-free gum thing, I was actually going to ask you about, you know, that's where I heard you give really good dental um, dating advice. Something about, you know, bad breath, the Aussie <laughs> romance killer. Oh my God,
0: <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember it, but yeah, it was all a bit of fun. Hey, it was, it, it was, it was a cool experience. It was really fun. It was the first time that I'd, um, that I'd done like a lot of, um speaking on camera so I was super nervous um and like not only having to speak on camera but having to like talk and move in things and they'd be like do this add a bit more pizzazz to it and I'm like Dude. and this He's is not dancing like, at that point <laughs> this is me at the end of the day at work too like this this is like I've just finished a full day at work and then the camera crew comes and we film to like nine o'clock ten o'clock at night or something as well so it wasn't like you know it was pretty it was pretty hard but it was really cool it was really fun and I think it was just cool to to practice like you know being on camera being able to talk because I had to do it I had to do pardon me I had to do um not only like the filming stuff but I had to do a couple of radio interviews and I had to do a it was COVID at the time so I think it was like sunrise or the morning show or something and i had to do like a like an interview like this over and so that was super nerve-wracking because i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna be on tv and i could totally screw this up so it was, <laughs> it was, it was fun it was cool um just a cool experience I'm, I'm so down for that sort of stuff and you're like hey that's kind of cool that's fun like you know not every day you get an opportunity to to do something out of the out of the ordinary like it so it, it was cool
1: yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Dr. Matt Hedge, there's so many more questions I want to ask you, but I want to thank you for coming on um, today. Um, if you can let the people know how they can find you or, you know.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Instagram, uh, you can find me on dr.matthedge or the practice is uh, Helix Dental GC. Um, Facebook, if people want to reach out, shoot me a message, I'm on there as well. Um, happy to you know, to chat or take questions if people have specifics about things or practice ownership where I can help and where I can guide people into the, you know, to the people that, you know, can give them, you know, the advice that they need. Um, Feel free to shoot out and reach me a message. Um, But thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me on. It's a lot of fun.
1: So for our viewers, if you like this episode, drop a comment below on your favorite part, but don't forget to like and subscribe and we'll see you in the next episode of CPD Junkie Podcast. Thank you.